Chapter Twenty of the Ins and Outs of Paris, or Paris by Day and Night, by Julie de Marguerite. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Pont Neuf, the Morgue, and Notre Dame. The oldest bridge in Paris bears the title of Pont Neuf, or the New Bridge. Besides being the oldest, this bridge is the most frequented of all those across the Seine. All the business portion of the Faubourg Saint Germain come over this bridge all the lawyers all the judges go over it as it leads not only to the rue dauphine the great bustling commercial street of the aristocratic faubourg but to the ile saint louis where is the palais de justice comfortably and appropriately situated amidst the habitations of those from whom its criminal courts are recruited to the morgue where often those are found dead and stark who have chosen rather to do justice on themselves than to trust to the uncertain justice of man then beyond rises the cathedral of notre dame where justice tempered by holy mercy bids alike the sinners and the sinned against to look beyond this wild delirium called life for joy and peace and holy love but besides the bustle and business of others our pont neuf has a great bustle and much private business of its own resembling in this respect the bridges of venice where so much traffic is carried on indeed the architecture of this bridge bears evidences of the italian medician era in france it was intended for a bazaar and has at regular intervals large stone-covered recesses admirably adapted for shops as on the rialto at venice but here the resemblance ends for no rich coin or lace or jewels does our pont neuf produce her trades are humble far more noisy and address themselves to the tastes of all here in this first shop what a savoury smell if you can get near enough you will see the laboratory whence it proceeds though it is not necessary for the motley group which prevents your nearer approach have each a neat little paper bag in hand whence is produced the hottest thinnest and crispest slice of fried potato ever fried or eaten so thin so evenly cut so delicately brown yet without one trace or taste of grease the very paper which contains this delicate produce has not even a stain upon it the printer's devil with copy in hand and paper cap on his head lets the press and printer wait whilst he swallows his deux sous de pommes de terre frites here is a little errand-boy sent from a lawyer's office to bring a plentiful supply of the crisp creatures to the lazy clerks n b the courts are sitting and the avocat is in court the rapin or artist's assistant is here hurriedly sent from the studio in his linen blouse upon which brushes of every colour have been wiped he knowing that patience does not rank amongst the artistic virtues has hastily snatched an ancient helmet from the lay figure and now bears it triumphantly back filled with fried potatoes hoping he may get in time for a glass of wine which suggested the potatoes though if the way were long it is probable that the helmet would be as empty as he fears to find the bottles so many does he taste as he goes along the student from the ecole des beaux-arts makes his luncheon of potatoes and difficult it is for dignity to resist buying a sousworth from the clean portly woman who leaning over her charcoal furnaces watching and alternately shaking turning and filling a whole row of frying pans shouts continually pommes de terre frites allons messieurs et mesdames voilà toute chaude toute chaude toute chaude her voice performing astounding trills as she shakes in turns her hissing pans a little further on in another stone shop is a curious establishment being that of a dog-barber a trade entirely peculiar to paris and poodles 
this species of the canine race much beloved by ladies and blind fiddlers appears to have been sent into the world with woolly coats on purpose that they should be shaved they are all brought to these professors whose trade is designated by the following inscription chien savant having a portrait of some canine worthy sitting on his hind legs gravely holding a newspaper in his front paws underneath is written ici on rase les chiens et on les tond à la dernière mode here dogs are shaven and clipped in the latest fashion accordingly looking forth with wistful and astonished faces sit a quantity of poodles with clean or dirty coats some with collars some with ribbons round their necks waiting to be shaved and shorn à la dernière mode whilst between his knees the distinguished proprietor holds a resigned and frightened specimen of the breed whose pink skin quivers convulsively at every approach of the cold steel before them watching their proceedings her hands plunged in the pockets of her white apron her black hair shining beneath her plaited cambric cap her eyes looking all ways at once though apparently intent only on the dog and the dog-man stands the bun most glibly relating the prowess and intelligence of le chien de madame the victim now undergoing his toilette another shop displays old books and dusty old engravings over both of which it is so tempting to look losing one's time and soiling one's gloves and getting into some controversy which when you want to conclude you find the last volume to be wanting apples oranges grapes peaches when they are in season eggs cakes lemonade gaufre all hot and powdered with white sugar matches watch-chains flowers magic pane extractors wonderful blacking soaps for taking out stains tried on the jackets of unwary little boys each all and everything is to be found on the pont neuf in the midst of an ever-changing crowd of lawyers students soldiers washerwomen omnibuses fiacres citadines drays carriages and gendarmes but we will go no further over this bridge than to where the statue of henry the fourth stands on his bronze horse overlooking the seine here we diverge to the left and find ourselves in the ancient cite of paris the ile st louis here we will pass by the place dauphine the palais de justice the saint chapelle a gothic construction just brought to light by recent demolitions and proceed towards notre dame whose two square towers have been our horizon for some time paris seen from the seine is perhaps one of the most picturesque cities in the world its numerous monuments that are accumulated by the quays the meanderings and capricious turnings of the river the numerous bridges which cross it all combine to produce an artistic effect never better seen than from the part which is called la cite or the old paris but if the capital is seen to advantage the parisian people here lose much of the neat happy gay look we have traced through all the various grades in the other modern portions of the city poverty is apparent with its attendant misery and dirt it scowls at all it sits doggedly at the doors of its wretched broken-down home it is not resigned and humble poverty but bold and defiant ready to become crime suffering has engendered hate for mankind and a savage nature impels towards brutality and evil the very crimes themselves are a gratification to these perverted beings rather than the results to be obtained by them numerous ragged and half-naked children with uncombed hair clatter by you in wooden sabots looking wistfully at you and by their eager glance soliciting the charity they dare not ask 
the men in torn and dirty blouses with short pipes in their mouths and coloured cotton nightcaps on their heads stand in groups at the corners of dark damp alleys into which the sun has never penetrated and glower at you throwing a curse after you as though your clean and neat appearance were an insult to them there are said to be in paris thirty thousand people who dare not show themselves by daylight for fear of the police criminals who have escaped from prison or escaped from trial at all thieves pickpockets housebreakers et tutti quanti if the police were inclined to search for them it is here they would find them in dens by the side of which the clean and well-ordered cells of a french prison would appear like a palace but which are still preferred to them with all their terrible discomforts cold perpetual dampness a total absence of sunlight and a stench impossible to describe this is the portion of paris in which eugene sue laid the scene of his mystère de paris here are to be found the rue aux ours the rue aux fèves and numerous tapis francs but they are no longer to be found as he described them for eugene sue's work achieved one good end however critics may rail at its bold and highly wrought pictures after reading the work louis philippe ordered an investigation to be made into the state of this portion of his capital the report was such as to confirm eugene sue's description and immediately these streets were demolished the houses raised to the ground and new and handsome buildings erected in their places this has done more to ameliorate the morals of the degraded inhabitants than any stringent laws or punishments could ever have achieved men are rendered desperate by privations and suffering till a feeling of injustice takes possession of their hearts as they see the prosperous and rich in the enjoyment of all from which they are excluded not one helping hand is extended towards them every eye is turned from them employment even they cannot find their children are hooted from the schools because of their ragged appearance gradually a deep hate takes possession of their souls and society ruthless selfish and heedless has made enemies who will pitilessly work against it while they destroy themselves a kind word has turned many a heart a smile instead of a frown has often stayed the hand of crime let those think of this on whom fortune smiles those whose riches lead them into luxury and vain expenses all sent into the world have a natural right to the necessaries of life to remuneration for the work of their hands which shall give them food raiment and a home which shall permit them to enjoy those natural ties and affections which poverty and misfortune now turn to gall and bitterness if society deny this to the far greater portion of their fellow-creatures there will come a time when they will rise and take it destroying all before them mingling in anarchy and ruin both their enemies and themselves when riches harden the heart riches should be taken away for such was not intended of god he has endowed all with the same faculties of suffering and enjoyment he has distributed his gifts on all beauty intellect strength he has not assigned to one class his bright sun shines for all therefore should there not be any class destined exclusively to enjoyment or exclusively to misery the miser's treasure should be unlocked the capitalist's gold ever accumulating whilst thousands are starving beside it should be administered to all nor should luxury parade the street in ever-changing silken garments when there are mothers who have not to warm their shivering babes but the heat of their maternal bosom as tremblingly they clasp them to it whilst the hot tears fall upon their thin pale faces this brings us to a low grey stone building before which there is a sentinel as there is everywhere in france men and women are coming in and out mostly belonging to the lower classes and it seems a favourite resort of children 
for they are running in and out perpetually some laughing some wondering some whispering their comrades and re-entering the place and yet this is a strange place for childhood this is the morgue the morgue the last refuge of crime misery passion and delusion here though there are many heedlessly gazing at cold and disfigured corpses around them there are many grave and solemn and some hurry on from one to the other clasping the railing with convulsive grasp and looking with an anxious feverish glance dreading to see the familiar form now missing from his home but no the hands unclasp the tears comes to the burning lid and with a deep gasp of relief the searcher turns away there is hope still the loved and lost one is not here on stone tables are the bodies laid a cool fountain of water flowing over them their clothes suspended above them that all may recognize if any search for them a railing divides the public from this place where the bodies are exposed for three days were not suicide madness or a profound disdain for the world and its praise or blame this horrible coarse exposure of the bodies stripped of all raiment to the eyes nay often to the jeers of an unfeeling unthinking crowd the mug should have stayed many a rash hand but madness cannot reason and despair cares not therefore is the mug rarely without tenants here is a corpse before whom all are hushed and silent and the unbidden tear obscures the eye of the most dogged and indifferent it is the corpse of a little child so round so fair so fresh it looks see in the long matted tresses of its flaxen hair is still tangled a crown of daisies which sitting by some stream the happy heedless child had woven the waters have washed away most of the flowers but the ringlets are so entwined within the stems and leaves that they still bind the fair cold brow as when it was warm and bright its little hand too convulsively closed has some faded flowers and weeds within its grasp a smile is on his lips his sleep is dreamless or he would not smile for in his home there watches and weeps pacing in agony the familiar rooms where the tiny footsteps used to echo and the silvery voice resound the mother who still hopes the darling will return his father now seeks him through the woods through the garden tremblingly too by the brink of the stream in which he scarce dares to look but all is vain sorrowful and heart-broken he returns to his home with eager step the mother rushes to meet him she speaks not but her eyes interrogate him he answers not but sadly turns away then burying her face in her hands the wretched mother sobs in agony lost lost is the joy of the past the hope of the future the child whose head was pillowed on the soft bosom of its mother now lies upon a cold hard stone the boy so shielded from the breath of heaven is now the gaze of all one heedless moment one false step as eagerly he bent to catch the waving flowers and he is gone gone from the earth that has been a paradise to him to be for ever one of god's angels but they who were thy parents here on earth mourn thee they shall mourn thee through their long and weary lives other children may rise up around them lovely and fair as this child but he the first the lost will cling to their memories for ever and as they watch the gambols of those who call them by the names he was the first to give them their tears will dim their eyes and clasping each other's hands they to each other will falter forth his name next to this sleeping angel lies one who has defiance on his brow his lip is rigid 
death has forever there fixed the expression of scorn with which he died this man's short but powerful frame denotes the prime of life now the strong arms made to battle with the toils of life lie in all their muscular force helplessly forever beside him what has life been to him a fierce struggle with his own passions a contest with the prejudices of society a revolt against its institutions these have led on to crime for this crime society first avenged itself by the indelible mark of its own decrees and his punishment seen on the shoulders are the fatal letters t f travaux forcés engraven in fire indelible eternal forever excluding him from return to milder paths of life and when the offence for which society branded him is expiated by submission to its sentence drives him to despair and once again to crime which society has now made his destiny forever but in that heart so seared and so corrupted so goaded on to desperate deeds there was as in all human hearts some vestige still of its divine origin remember whence this fierce man of guilt had been as this little child who calmly rests beside him he had been pressed to a mother's bosom he had slept in innocence and dreamed of heaven such memories would return amidst the reckless crew in which he lived then with some desperate effort he would strive to return to honesty and labour even though years of toil and probation should be the condition of his redemption but again the ruthless world forever turned him back into that earthly pandemonium from which he thirsted to escape till gradually he came to scoff and hate the very names that lingered still in his heart urged on to fresh crime desperate disbelieving maddened hunted from place to place he foiled at last the emissaries of human justice by that wound which is now but a dull purple spot just over the heart he has gone to the tribunal of heaven where justice is divine and therefore merciful on earth man feels guilt rankling in his own heart and dare not pardon and for his uncommitted but not unmeditated offences he offers up in expiation the criminal as an atonement for them both move on here in this thin emaciated form we read the history so common that it almost ceases to interest the multitude as they gaze on the sunken face and poor thin hands glancing at the rags that hang above the corpse they coldly murmur poverty and pass on yes she died from want and poverty in the very streets of paris oh take her away hide her forever from the world where she had no place none will ever claim her for if there is a heart to mourn her if some sister or mother remember the once hopeful girl of brighter days they will not claim her now with stealthy steps and weeping eyes they may come to look their last upon that shrunken form but they will not claim her never fear for they are too poor to bury her when she lived her mother could not find food to sustain the life she gave she cannot now wring from her labours enough to consign the body to the earth take her away hide her forever from the light lay her beside thousands that wretched as she have gone before lay her where thousands more wretched as she will come to take their places lay her in the universal oblivion of the fausse commune at last she has wrested something from the pity and charity of the world a coffin and five feet of earth but the heart has been torn enough with agony and pity 
with deep regrets for the profound helplessness to relieve or to reform come with these thoughts around us come to the holy church whose ever open doors receive alike sin shame and sorrow come up these well-worn steps do not pause to look now upon the wonders of these porticos or the proportion of these towers we are in no humour now for the discussion of art let us enter as we cross the threshold the long and lofty aisles the mellowed light through painted windows the vastness the silence the solitude for it is not the hour of solemn service steal over our oppressed hearts and calm all bitterness and hate in the turmoil of busy life for all but a fever differing only in the nature of its delirium these holy temples are the oasis of repose and rest here we think not nor care not for the dogma which raised and dedicated its walls we come for holy thoughts we come to calm all bitterness of spirit all disappointment all sorrow now at this hour it draws towards evening there are no priests no lighted altars no smoking incense this grand and solemn church belongs not to man or priest god alone dwells here with him alone does the troubled weary heart commune there on her knees on the cold stones her head buried in her hands sits a woman whose long mourning garments tell her sorrows oh she has not wept freely till now in her home the one she mourns is forgotten her sorrow is importunate she must hide her tears but here she brings them to one who has read them in her heart now her sobs grow fainter her tears fall not so fast peace gathers round her and hope as she lifts her eyes to heaven and murmurs the name of him she weeps sturdy men wrestling with the world come if but a few moments and stand under the healing influence of these isles they have gained fresh strength they go forth to the busy world again knowing that rest will come crime is in safety here and breeds remorse poverty finds resignation love finds hope sorrow consolation here the world lessens its toil its struggle its privations and its ruthless injustice lose their power they are but evanescent trials this world is but the purgatory of another the reward is at hand let us not faint nor weary nor above all look with dread towards death death brings the rewards of all the end of all rest and oblivion from all that now rends the heart beyond is peace and calm and eternal love with those who have suffered and wept with us here so shall it be we want no dogma no priest to tell us of a future state god himself speaks to us here and as each idol fades from our view there stands revealed a spirit land of peace and beauty above all toil and woe with gentler feelings you whose life has been all holiday look around this edifice connected with all the great names and deeds of france's history but amidst all the gorgeous pageantry your memory will evoke no vision will dwell on your mind but that of the colossus who bestrides two centuries the brilliant meteor of our age napoleon bonaparte fill these isles with all that is noble lovely and great with all the splendour of military trophies with the treasures of many kingdoms with the beauty of many lands let the organs peal forth triumphal sounds let suddenly that high altar burn with a thousand lights 
and on the velvet-coloured steps crowned with the imperial diadem he has let no hand but his own the hand that won it place upon his brow stands the hero of the age at his feet kneels josephine she who gave him the command of italy and the last sighs of her life around are kings princes and potentates most of whom had won those proud titles by deeds of glory and valour here too are hortense the mother of a future emperor caroline elise pauline the beautiful pauline laure d'abrant the wife of junot napoleon's faithful friend through all there kneels the mother of the emperor recalling perhaps in that proud moment the infant and childish days of him she now calls son but the vision fades the sweeping billows of the sea have swept over all this pageant leaving but a desolate rock behind yet listen the organs begin to sound but no burst of triumph peals from aloft softly and sweetly full yet low now tender and pure voices chime in with slow soft chaunt those youthful voices in which there is no passion yet which from their silvery purity send a thrill through the veins now from behind the altar comes a long procession as if of white spirits visiting these sacred isles long torches they bear in hand and aloft by young fair hands is borne the blue banner of the virgin her canticles they now are singing as solemnly and with unechoing step they advance it is the confrerie de la vierge an association composed of young girls who have held their first communion and who have especially dedicated themselves to the service of the virgin mary every evening they meet in the sacristie or vestry where they instruct younger and poorer girls and twice a week dressed in white as you see them they sing the praises of their patroness with these sweet and thrilling hymns if it is an illusion if they have from their imagination and a harsh cold creed evoked this one bright emanation oh wake them not from these fair dreams dispel not this first illusion let them raise their earnest calm blue eyes to heaven destroy not their first belief their youthful tones so full of faith soothe the harassed souls of those who have learned to disbelieve and as they pass along sorrow crime and pain feel as though ministering angels were around promising consolation pardon and rest End of chapter 20